This is a Hot Pie Media original. Hi, I'm Deb, and this is my podcast. sponsors because without them the dogs wouldn't get fed so a big thank you to early bird early bird make these guys these are thc gummies they're actually a recreational hemp product and all right bear with me for some numbers here for a sec uh they contain 2.5 milligrams of natural thc and 12.5 milligrams of cbd in each gummy now you know that i don't know anything but I do know a little bit about these early bird CBD gummies because I called the owner. I said, I need to know more. I don't understand this world. Are they legal in Texas? I don't know the the drug rules here. And I think it's stupid that weed isn't legal completely. But he said, yes, this is completely legal. Uh, it is for 21 and up though. Uh, early bird, not for you kids, even though... Literally, my friend's kids saw me uh, with these the other day and they were like, can we have a gummy boggy? Yes, they call me boggy. Uh, don't ask. I'll tell you another day. But uh, definitely not kids. This is not for you. And what I love about these little packets, they don't just come in uh, this little, if you're just listening and not watching this, it's a little uh, foil package with a Ziploc thing at the top that good luck your kids breaking into here because it actually takes me a minute to get in there as well. So I love the early bird really thinking about the safety of kids. They come in um, also bigger bottles as well. You can get them uh, 30 to a count. Again, really tough for kids to get in to the top. And um, the, the I love that about it, of course. But the thing I love most about early bird gummies is that it's not too much for me. I'm a real wimp. I take half a gummy uh, during the day to help me with my consistent anxiety. And then I take another half at night to help me go to sleep because I've never been a good sleeper. It's relaxing. The flavors are great. And it doesn't make you feel like you're, uh, you know, out of your head. So that's what I love about early bird. And the fact that they sent me some to try, I've shared with friends. Uh, that's, that's a good testimonial there that I will take these things. Uh, now, of course, early bird going to hook you up with some discounts. If you order with me, earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb, and that gets you 20% off everything on your first order. So go ahead and order extra, order some for your mum If she's a little hyperactive, um, maybe make her chill out. Uh, again, use the code earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb. That gets you 20% off everything in your first order. Enjoy guys. Uh, and then listen, this is, this is interesting, uh, commercial segue here because we're going from early bird CBD gummies to my friends at Refine Aesthetics. This is a med spa, brand new boutique med spa here in Austin, downtown. Uh, what are these two things got to do with each other? Well, I tell you, they're taking care of you. Give yourself a little me time. Uh, go into the 
the Med Spa. Like I said, it's downtown. They've got a beautiful studio there. And the folks there are going to make you feel uh, well, at ease and relaxed in a beautiful environment where they get to make you beautiful, make you feel more beautiful and a little more confident about yourself. They do services such, such as injectables, lasers, body contouring, facials, skincare. I'm all about the facial skincare guys. So I will definitely be seeing these uh, folks pretty soon for an appointment. Uh, until then, if you mention me, uh, okay, uh, Deb O'Keefe podcast, when you're booking your treatment, you're going to get a 15% discount. You can learn more at refineaesthetics.com. Again, that's refineaesthetics.com. And these aren't just your regular med spa folks, guys. These are trained professionals that do the professional work, but also keep in mind artistry, symmetry, making you look and feel just a refreshed version of yourself. They're not going to make you look like one of those Instagram models. You know what I mean? With the, yeah, all that stuff. You can trust Refine Aesthetics to keep it natural and make you feel great and relaxed. Again, go to refineaesthetics.com. Mention this podcast, Deborah Keith Podcast, that gets you 15% off. Thanks guys for sponsoring my show. What am I doing here? Uh, I, I really don't know anything, as, as my lovely intro song said. What am I doing here? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've got the ability and, and uh, some, some cool friends, and uh, I've had the luck to, to interview some great people over my career. And um, I want to bring them to you, and I want to learn something. I want to learn how to be nicer, kinder, happier, all of those things, because I don't know anything, but I've got some great friends. And today's guest is lovely and kind and funny and smart as shit and is going to teach us something today. So um, don't go anywhere. All right. But also I want to read a message I got uh, on my, on my Facebook page. You can follow it if you want. Uh, it's Deb O'Keefe pod, at Deb O'Keefe podcast on Facebook and I'm at Deb O'Keefe anywhere else on Instagram and uh, Twitter and such. And if you want to reach out and ask me a question, that'd be great because I'm going to be reading some questions on the reg. This one came from Kevin and I love it. It's like reading my mind. Kevin says, I don't know anything about podcasts. Me neither. But I'm a big fan of Deb O'Keefe and would like to figure out how to listen to her podcast. And I think that's really sweet, Kevin, that you asked me that, even though you asked me that question on my website or on the, the Facebook page that says, well, anyway, it doesn't matter, right? Sometimes we just don't know where to look for the answers. So just ask me directly, get at me at Deb O'Keefe. And uh, Kevin, for you, this is where you'll find the podcast, all right? You can watch it on YouTube, much to my dismay, because I don't like looking at Colton's over there laughing. He knows I hate, I hate looking at myself, but I'll just look at you guys instead. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, this is a Hot Pie Media production. So you can search Hot Pie Media Podcast. There are, we have a great family of podcasts and really interesting content and some friends of mine that I've known for years doing a, a podcast over here. So you can, um, you can check out their podcast too. You can listen to it on all the platforms. We're everywhere. Wherever you find your podcasts, that's where they are. But for you, Kevin, because you don't know anything about podcasts, uh, you go to iTunes. So it's on your phone if you, uh, wait, what do Android people do? They go to Spotify, right? I don't know. You can download. Just go to a podcast platform, Spotify, uh, Apple, and uh, search Debo Keefe and it'll come up. It's it's really that simple. I'm sure if actually if you just Google Debo Keefe podcast, I'm really talking about this too much. Let's get to the guest, shall we? <sighs> Kevin, it's good to see you. Ah, oh, today's guest. This is going to be a good one. Uh, this person's already started making fun of me off screen. Uh, it's it's going to be a good interview. I just know it. This is the reason I'm doing this podcast. Uh, I don't know anything, but when I met uh, Kazike, my guest today, 
I, I don't know. I felt like I learned so much and I want to fill you guys in with just a little fraction of what this man can bring to the table. Literally, I have something on the table that we're going to talk about as well. So I'd like to introduce my guest, Dr. Kazike Prince, probably one of the most awesome named persons in the world. And this is one of the things we bonded over is that we're both giant Prince fans. And yes. How did that even happen? You got that name. That That's just not fair. You should be in radio with a name like that. You know, I, I thought I might want to be in radio once upon a time. Is that right? I had a, I had a radio name. My name was uh, DJ uh, Mastermind. <laughs> um, I, I'm not saying it was a good choice. I'm just right, saying that's, it was. It's the name of a weird, lame TV show in England. Yes, but exactly. I, oh, is it? I, I kind of like the show itself. Uh, I mean, yeah. as long as people know about it. But yeah, I, no. DJ Mastermind. <laughs> we'll put that on the back burner for now. There you go. On back, back Instead, burner. You went a completely different route with your life. Just uh, introduce yourself. Uh, you were supposed to send me a bio that I could read out, but oh, you didn't. But yeah. this is even, this is fine. This is, we're just going to roll with it. I uh, was telling somebody about you a couple of weeks ago. I think I was talking about some of the guests I was really mm. interested in having on the show. And they were like, okay, what's his job? And I, I sort of sat there for a minute. It's one of those things that I just, I know, like I know, like my best friend of 16, 17 years I've known him that long. I know his family inside and out. I just say he's in banking. He has one of those jobs. I don't know what he does. And I feel like I'm an idiot, but I don't know what you do either exactly, except that what you do is incredible. So I'm going to shut up and maybe you can uh, tell the people what you do. Well, I just want to let you know that um, you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So it's not just me. It's not just you. My kids are like, yeah, and they're grown. What do we tell people, Dad? <laughs> and then, of course, my family still doesn't know what I've done. Even when I was a psychologist, I'm like, well, you talk to people, right? I'm like, <laughs> yes, I do. I do talk to people. So you're a trained psychologist. You're yes. a doctor of psychology. But that's not just it. That's where no. it get. That's where in my mind, I'm like, this guy just knows and does everything. A little bit of everything. And, and when we first met, I was still the uh, now the former uh, senior policy advisor for Mary Adler here in the city of Austin. Worked on education. A senior policy advisor. Yes, yes. God, that sounds fancy. <laughs> it does. What did fancy. that do? What did you do? Well, I worked for them for over six years. Uh, we worked on a lot of different things. We worked on um, issues around police. One mm-hmm. of the big issues he and I got to work on. Busy year last year. Oh, busy, busy, busy year. We could do an entire year long podcast on on well, 2020. Well, there was David Joseph, right? But even before that, we had the shooting death of a young man here, a boy, 17 years old, um, uh, who was shot and killed by a police officer. Police. And so it's been something we've been you know, involved with, engaged with. And one of the things that the mayor did was to start a task force on uh, institutional racism and uh, systemic inequities. That's what Mayor Adler did. Yeah. And you were part of that team. Yeah, part of the team. It was led by our, uh, here in Austin, we have a university president named uh, Dr. Uh, Clip Pierce Burnett. And then we, at the time, had the uh, superintendent of the school district, Paul Cruz, who led that effort. And that's actually turned into what is now the Central Texas Collective for Racial Equity, which I'm the executive director for. It just gets fancier and fancier. <laughs> so well, you, you, you're you not in that exact position anymore with the mayor's right, office, right. but you're the exec- executive director of this statewide uh, it, platform for seeking out injustices and righting wrongs and helping educate people. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that I took away from, from you is that everybody can learn, not just from you, but... Mm-hmm what you're teaching, right. not just from you individually. I mean, right. I've, I've learned my, in fact, I have some questions, personal questions off air. We need to talk about because <laughs> uh, I have some advice I need from you, but that, apart from that, you have a wealth of knowledge to give to institutions, to give to schools, colleges, places of work, mm-hmm. cities, states, towns. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, and you've made to make, managed to make that into a job. 
Yeah, well, because, you know, a lot of businesses, governments, schools are looking at how do we right the wrongs of the past? Mm. One of the things that we. Well, if you're a teaching school in Texas, you don't. You just don't talk about it. Right. Apparently in Texas, that's what we do. We do. We're like, no, racism, slavery. Well, you know, that came from that was like, you're making me feel uncomfortable talking about things like racism and sexism. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. I wasn't there. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish I was a fly on the wall so I could just hear that conversation. But yeah, that's basically made it more or less uh, illegal to have these conversations, which is kind of ridiculous. It is. Because we need to learn from our mistakes and move on from the past and say, I'm from Great Britain, for Christ's sake. Look what we did to the entire world. I mean, for a blanket statement apology, we were fucking assholes, right? Pretty much. Out for number one, old straight white men just colonizing here, there, and everywhere, plucking people up and taking them everywhere. And and we need to know these things. Exactly. So we don't do them again. Don't do them again. The good little fact is that, you know, the UK made slavery illegal before the United States. Mexico made slavery illegal. That was why we actually fought here in Texas. Oh, the, the the our war against the Mexico because we wanted to maintain our lifestyle around slavery. We don't talk about that a lot, but no, that's no, no, the no, truth. I didn't even know this. Yeah, this, the, whole, the whole Alamo, yeah. all that you know, victory for the Texicans and all that stuff. That was all about maintaining slavery in that this part of the world. Terrifying. And so they fought against it. So when we talk about Bowie and Travis and Austin, these are all slaveholders and slave runners mm. and their commodity was slavery and cotton and they did that to maintain their lifestyle and so so this whole city of austin foundation founded on founded on the backs of native americans <clears throat> indigenous people black folks that capital that we love to go down to yeah. all those brick that, that were, like our pyramids we had much. slaves just yes. take care of the pretty whole much. thing just, they, i mean uh, convict hill yeah where they actually got the the rock and brought it down and they not just had slaves but then later on had actually prisoners so if i was black back then basically they saw me loitering which i oh, probably yeah. wasn't a criminal clearly. yes you're definitely a criminal <clears throat> they put me in jail and then have me work in the quarries to, cr- to get the stones to get the, the stones for the capital so the capital i go there i'm like this is slaves built this you're building. welcome <laughs> i mean it's something uh you know as a straight white woman in the world, mm. I mean, I got to worry about Texas abortion legislature. We can get into that in a minute. Uh, yes. But I, I'm completely aware that I walk around with my privilege. Um, and, you know, I can't change mm. this, but I can change my understanding of yeah, things. And, right, and right. I think one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast, you know, I don't know anything. Right. But I want, I want to be told stuff. I want to meet people like you. And I feel like, um, the education, the, the knowledge you have about the, uh, the, the training that we've had, that we've received as Mm. human beings and what we need to unlearn, I think is something that we could, you could change the world with. Um, and so thank you for being here for that. But, you know, it's talking of you looking at the Capitol and feeling that, you know, generational pain and, Mm -hmm. and suffering, um, how can how can we look around the towns and cities that we live in if we're unaware of those things and we're not being told those things because there's no plaque up there. Right. I've been to the capital. I've sent my parents there when they come right. to visit. What can we do about educating people about the real roots of where we live? Well, you know, the good thing is recently the capital has put up some uh, statues and oh, information, but it's only recently. So yeah. it'd be nice to see more of this kind of thing. But there's actually markers throughout Austin and, and imagine pretty any city across the country where you you just have to be curious. Yeah. right? And so when you hear someone like me say, you know what, that building was built by slaves. 
I, what I would like to see people do is be like, oh, well, how is that possibly true? Because usually what I get is, no, he's making that up. Mm. That's not true. How could that be possible? The question you might be asking is, how could it be possible? Yeah. And if it is, there's this thing called Google. It was invented a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm a big fan. You will find. And the great thing about the state of Texas, you can find these things in our historical records online about what's going on. And so it's it's not hidden. It's just if you're like me, I'm a nerd. I acknowledge that. I know more about the East Austin history than probably the average person. But that little bit of curiosity, the, the little bit of empathy of mm. wanting to know about the other people's experiences. So when I hear people upset about this whole law that went by about abortion, maybe I don't understand. I'm not a woman. I don't know what's mm. going on. But let me go talk to a woman who who is directly impacted by this. Instead of me saying, well, in my opinion, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Well, I, you're a man. Y'all remember you having a vulva. <laughs> and so when that changes, then we can talk. Let's go talk to women. Women. Yeah. And so when so when I hear someone say, well, I don't believe racism is a real thing anymore. Go talk to a person of different color than you. Yes. And yes. ask those questions. Ask those questions. And don't start with the person who says, well, I don't think there's racism either. Yeah. You're such a little further, buddies. Yeah. Yeah. The whole colorblind thing, you know. Yeah. I, I used to work with someone that said that. And I just was like, <laughs> God, are you? No, they're. We if you're colorblind, you must see everything in gray. And then I know that's oh, not true. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just screw that. Screw those people. All right. So now let's move to the what you're doing now as you're a diversity officer. Close. Uh, I moved from the mayor's office. I'm now the director for diversity and inclusion for NI or formerly known as National Insurance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, I still run my uh, firm, but I'm a small part of it and put, developed this, uh, I only call it a game, but a card deck called Jimbe, inspiring inclusive connections. Because my frustration was that once people see me coming, and fortunately, yeah, because I'm tall, <laughs> they you, see me coming from, you. they're like, oh, there he goes, there he goes. Uh, they, there's a lot of anxiety because I, I don't want to have this conversation. It's uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. And what I created this card deck was to engage people in a way so they could find some yeah. of the levity, but just talking about their experiences, what it's like to be a woman, a person with living with different abilities, uh, just having a space to have that conversation so it doesn't feel quite as oh, awkward, negative. Contrived, awkward, yeah, right. worrying. And like yeah. you said, you know, just past conversation about you ask a person who might be suffering from what you're questioning is happening. <laughs> right, right. And if maybe you don't know anybody who doesn't look or act like you, uh, then this will really help. I've been lucky enough to see this in the past. And, um, you know, it says right here, the origin story. I'm not just going to read it. Tell me about it. Tell me that you wanted people to be able to have a, a, a safe way to connect. Yeah. And, and this is not just for individuals or families that you could use this uh, at work. Oh, yeah. That, and that was intention is whether it's in schools or uh, in, in job situations. It was just because a lot of people are just the one that they've had some conversations that sometimes haven't gone well or they're just not really engaging. This is something that is pretty engaging, give you really great instructions. There's even a fa facilitator's manual. Annual, oh, just in nice. case you're not quite sure. Yeah. And so the idea is that it, it's a ready-made experience so you can have amongst people who you know or don't know. And we did some really good research on it because I didn't want to just, you know, I, I think I have good ideas, but they don't, they're not all good ideas. Right. <laughs> so I actually That's very humble of you to admit. <laughs> it's hard well, sometimes. It's, it's hard. But I did some research. DJ Mastermind. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, we're going to work. Yeah. That was, mm -mm. We'll watch your head. 
And I did research on it and I got people who didn't even know each other. I mean, literally from across the country uh-huh. multiple times. And they would end after an hour saying, I just feel like I'm so connected to you. Um, I feel like I know more about myself and other people. You know, there's people who are married for years would go through the experience and be like, I never knew you. Like, wow. And so it's really revealing people, yeah. providing a certain level of vulnerability, but not too much because you don't want folks to go to the you know dark places. Yep. But Find a space so they can be authentic and be real and connect with people who may come from a very different background. And I've done this with rooms of people on the surface. They all look alike. Mm. They think they're all alike. Yeah. And they go through the experience. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> we're, we all move in different ways. I, yeah. I literally was having this conversation with some folks in the in the hallway about yoga. You know, we're all differently made, right? Uh-huh. Things are put on, like, I feel like my ears are put on too far down. And they one of the, you know, we all have our things. But it, physically and then mentally too, you yes. know, you could grow up with a mom and t- two siblings in a certain city, but everything could be different. Totally different. And this could be the one that says, hey, all right, I feel that. I yeah. hear you. I see you. All right. All right. So this one, I just picked up a djembe celebration card and it says, choose a player and share what I think I've learned about you is that you have turned your compassion for people and your striving to learn into not only just a business, but a life. Yeah. Yeah. I love Did that. I win? Oh. I win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Now it's your turn. You got to pick one or do no. you do the same one? How does well, it work? No, the, way, the way it works is we have three uh, uh, stacks of cards. The right. first ones are our grounding cards where it just gets us kind of warmed oh, up okay. and juicy, All right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then the second set of cards are our engagement cards. That's where we spend most of our time. We're really talking about different issues like race and gender. Mm. So on and, so forth. and then what you read was a celebration card because you don't want to just leave people out there like, oh, I just shared my whole yeah, life. Yeah. Right, we go. <laughs> Good or bad, right? Yeah, realizing that your biases really are there. <laughs> like, and oh, huge. I really am racist. Oh, my <laughs> bad. Uh, <laughs> but we end it with a celebration card to really do like you just described, oh, where you're sharing yes. what I learned. And again, this is people who you may or may not know, but it's it's able to really celebrate each other because there's so much to celebrate. And I think that's the, the important part to me is that we all I mean, I'm a heterosexual male. Now I'm black. Yes. But I'm part of a system of misogyny that. I love my mama. I love my daughter. Mm-hmm. I love women in general. Yeah. But I'm a part of a misogynistic society that gives me privileges, whether I desire it or not. And I, I need to reflect on that in a meaningful way, even though I'm African-American who experiences oppressions of my own. Right. And so I need to figure out what that means for me and having and how do I have that dialogue with people and, and be authentic in that mm. kind of experience. And maybe help people see that about themselves, too. Exactly. That wherever we walk, we're, you know, we're probably walking on someone. That's and that's the unfortunate part. And I think it's it's acknowledging the privileges that we have sometimes, but also dealing with the trauma, which is kind of sad and not just kind of sad, it's very sad. But when we have the space to really be authentic and speak to that mm. truth, what you find that people feel stronger, they feel more empowered, they feel like they can speak their mind. They, they just they I mean, in the work setting, they feel like they're able to con- connect with people in a more meaningful way. Yeah. And to be honest, right now, more than any time in our society, I think, other than, of course, you know, slavery, civil war, stuff like that. In modern times, I think this is a critical time for folks to feel a way of connecting with folks. I, I totally agree, because even though 
technology has connected us more than ever. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the world has divided us further than ever. Yes. We, and, and it's all coming out, you know, we're seeing this in people and we're, we're having to unfriend people on Facebook or not talk to that certain auntie. Cause you know, you're going to get into it, but mm-hmm. something like this could maybe bridge that gap a little bit more and, and find those family members that maybe you've stayed away from because you know that they're not wearing a mask or that they think it's all a hoax or right. they're taking horse dewormers or whatever. The other- <laughs> I mean, that's the recent one. I don't know what's going to come next. And I think that's, you know, we get so caught up in these, I think, obvious things that we can. I mean, I was on the phone with someone and we're talking about how the the, the gun laws are going to change here and how basically you need a license. You Mm -hmm. can just go in, get a line. Boom, boom, boom. You could be half blind and just be given the gun. Exactly. Unless you have domestic violence uh, uh, offense or something else. I forget the other one. And everyone else, you're cool. (laughs) Come on in. Get a gun. Just wear it. Welcome up. We here have fried chicken and guns. <laughs> it's going to happen. That's the next business. Absolutely not. It's the goddamn Wild West over here. Um, I mean, they, that's what they're trying to replicate. And I think it can easily just stop there, the conversation. You, you think it's a good thing. I think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But this experience is intended for us to get to know each other a little yeah. bit more. Because I think what happens is that you believe something, I believe the opposite, and then we end the conversation. And that's we've decided which, which side of the line we're on now and there's no crossing it. And that, that's a real shame. I've got a a very close family member of mine who won't get vaccinated and um, I love him dearly. And I, I, we've talked about it and it's been great actually, because uh, we haven't argued about it or as much as like I would want, I would do that with a stranger. So um, I think it would be nice if we could all take a minute and do something like this. If you're not going to buy the djembe pack, you don't have to do that. This is not product placement. This isn't a paid ad. This is a dear friend who has come up with an amazing way that could try and connect us all together. And, right. and, and, you know, we can still say, I'm not going to get vaccinated and you know, yeah. you are, but we can connect on other levels. And I think that's the challenge, right? And instead of getting kind of hard stop right there on whatever the issue may be, how do we find ways through it or around mm. it so we're not stuck in that place? And I think we see that in politics. We see that in our lives. We see that at work. And whether it's this tool or some other means, mm. that's fundamentally what I'm trying to help people do and facilitate those conversations, get them working together more effectively. And and for me, that's that's kind of been my... You, you may, may remember I used to work in drug treatment. Yeah. <laughs> that same kind of thing, because you have people who have really hurt people because of their drug addiction. I'm trying to figure out how I support them to build those relationships so they are maintaining a, a better quality of life versus the one they were living before. And that's been kind of my mission probably throughout my entire career is yeah. how to get people real connected and, and you know, Make survive and thrive. Hopefully. Survive and thrive. I like that. <laughs> and, you know, I think um, this not just this game, but just that idea that we're not just one of two types of people. You know, I've always thought this about uh, horoscopes, you know, there's 12 horoscopes, right? So as a young child, you see them in the newspaper, you learn what horoscopes are. And and my my thought was always, is, does this mean there are only 12 types of people in the world? Like there, there's there's that, you're one of those 12 tribes and that's it. And that always just kind of made me laugh, right? Like, well, am I? And I'm on the cusp, right? So does that mean I'm half and half? Right. Are you Mercury rising or Jupiter ascending? No idea. I know know that I'm a tiger in in Chinese astrology. It's like, you know, but what does that mean? But but now I'm feeling like we're living in a world where there's only two types of people. Mm. And that 
that to me is dangerous. Very dangerous. Because that's, oh my God, I keep thinking of the Frankie Goes to Hollywood song, Two Tribes Go to What? That's, oh, well, we're two tribes right now. You know, you always think of songs I've never I heard do, of. Right? I know, I know. I'm like, two, two, what? Two, two tribes go to war. One is one that you can. I'm going to count that up too. You're from the UK. Let's go to war. And I'm from Houston. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I'm no DJ mastermind, but I know know 80s bands. Uh, But yeah, are we really, are we really set to just be two tribes now? Because that's, that's, that's a hurtful thing to me. I don't want to think of myself as a, like a single cell organism just on my one just that one thing that I'm here for. Right, I right. I want to learn more. That's why this show is basically called I Don't Know Anything. I want to I want to reach out and, and be um more of a whole, I guess, person, or right. at least just multifaceted. Right. And and I feel like th- something like this could help. Well, and the thing is, I think the system, and I say the system where you, uh, there's all kinds out there, but the system is set up for us to to be have winners and losers. Mm-hmm. And and I think what people like myself are saying is why can't we all be winners Yeah. Uh, instead of trying to fight for the small piece of pie. Let's make the pie bigger. Oh, I like you know? that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's very, it's going from a growth mindset to from a scarcity mindset. And that scarcity mindset is what really is troubles me most of the time. And oftentimes when I'm working with people is trying to move them from that scarcity mindset. There's just not enough money. There's not enough land. There's, Wait a minute. Hold up. What? <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go to the real. It's there really is more than people actually say they are. Um, and then when and the, the truth is, is the other challenge is people are, I think, right now feeling more alone. Than oh, they ever very much before, so. You know? I mean, in other countries, they actually pay people to cuddle and do all kinds of things. Oh, they're so lonely. Yes, those right? cuddle ca- cafes. Which I'm kind of like not so. I kind of like the idea, but personally, but, uh, and I've been told I'm a great cuddler. Just FYI, just yeah, no, that I just got one uh, as, you, as you came in. It was yes. delicious. <laughs> Very nice and warm. Which connects me to the best compliment I've received. Remember? I have delicious posture. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm just you glad do. she was like 97. Because <laughs> I was like, I sexual harassment, lady. <laughs> delicious posture. Put that on your CV. DJ Delicious Posture. That's no, your DJ that, name. Nope. Not now, no, but no, maybe. But you are you are so right. I last year, uh, God, I felt terribly lonely. Mm. I I was super depressed. Anxiety was way high. I felt with the summer of just murder and hatred, mm. and division, mm. and politics, and more murder of young black men and women, uh, etc. I I lost it a little bit. I lost mm. it, and I was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I but I felt so lonely and so disconnected and so uh disillusioned yeah about the world and like what are we doing are we get, are we going to be able to come back from this or is this are we irrevocably split since covid and black lives matter movements and everything that kind of dis- kind of shifted the world a little bit last year you know this is funny this is the same kind of question comes up when i work with organizations because you know i was a consultant for a long time and now i'm at ni and one of the things that you, you when you start having these really tough conversations you try to figure out what tools to use mm. you do see a dip and so i think there's a dip in our country because for a long time we ignored racism sexism right. pretend like it didn't exist and now we start having conversations and people kind of thought well we'll just do it we check the box and we're done and what's happening, I think, more and more now over the last five, 10, whatever years is people are having real conversations and exposing the real trauma they're experiencing, the real loneliness. And so we're taking a bit of a dip because there's a people saying, no, that's not true. You're making this up, you know, just kind of gaslighting us. Right. right, right. And, exactly. and anyone's like been racism a, doesn't right. exist. And, and anyone's been in an abusive relationship knows what that's like. And sometimes yes. it takes a while for you to, to want to identify it, to yeah. see it for what it is. 
And, then and only it, after you've taken that dip do you see the rise. That's really true. The, the, the sort of introspective moment of, uh, okay, I'm in this. And if I stay in this longer, then that's on me now. I know what it is. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's been tough for a lot of people. I might have to say this again, the straight white men who finding it hard to look yes. in the mirror yes. um, and have those conversations, those honest conversations that, that did I, have I done that? It, yes. Be real with yourself. You yes. have. Yes. Because I can tell you every single woman that I know, I haven't asked my mum actually, mm. but I'm sure she's being sexually harassed at some point, has been either sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. Yes. yes. And it's not just me being oh, a liberal hippie chick. Mm. No, 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 no. It happens all the time by good men. Yes. It's people who see themselves as good. Yes. Men. And if we go, I have a list of a hundred men who say they're good. I promise you most of them, whether they knew it or not, uh, touched the woman who didn't want to be touched in the way that they yep. were touched, uh, sexually assaulted or did something that was mm -hmm. wrong. And, and then accepting that truth is difficult because it it's inconsistent. What we call in psychology is cognitive dissonance. Ah, right. You have two how ideas, you see yourself. right? Right. It's two different ideas that seem to be in conflict with one another. And how do you make sense of it? And what we tell ourselves is lies. Well, that's not who I am. No, no, actually you did it. It's a reflection of probably some ideas you thought about women that weren't too hot. Yeah. That made you give you permission to slap that woman's behind. Yeah. That thought it was okay from let me touch her when she hasn't really given me permission. Mm -hmm. That said that, you know, all these things that I do as a man are just, you know, boys being boys. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm just oh, a friendly guy. That's some fuckery. Yeah. I love, I, that's perfect way to put it. What kind of fuckery is this? Thank you, Amy. Uh, it is, and it is a hard thing. I think maybe that's what you're right. That the, the, the explanation of it, we're in a dip because we are having to look at ourselves. Mm. I mean, even myself, mm -hmm. not to uh, the way I used to sexually harass Nathan, my old intern at my old job, because he liked it. Kidding. That's what I'm talking about right there. But how we've uh, treated everybody in our life. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've done some huge growing in the last year. I, last year, I just came to the, the the awful conclusion about myself, but I've talked about it openly on air and with peers and friends and strangers. I was part of the media bullshit circus that probably led Britney Spears to be shaving her head off. Mm. Right. Shaving all the hair off because she just didn't want to be photographed anymore. Mm. And we talked about her ad nauseum. We talked mm. about so many people ad nauseum. And, you know, she was a young girl. Yeah. A young girl. And I feel like shit of ha for radio or for, you know, listener reaction, how much crap I talked about her and others. And I've spoken to people, celebrities that I at some point have talked shit about their behavior. Mm -hmm. And, I've apologized personally to those people. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge part of, um, again, maybe why I was down last year a lot. Mm -hmm. I was realizing, oh mm -hmm. my God, I have done, I've yes. been involved in this. Yes. And you're not always going to get that chance to apologize mm -hmm. to somebody. I'm going to have a guest on, on the show, actually, who might have taken the, one of the biggest shits on one of America's biggest sweethearts. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk about it. And I, but also how I, you know, presented myself during the covering of that, mm -hmm. that huge story. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like shit about that. Yeah. Was yeah. some of it right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did I, does anybody deserve to be jumped on like that consistently when we mm -hmm. don't know shit about what's going on mm -hmm. in their life and in their mm -hmm. personal minds? Right. And so right. we can all take a minute. Was it cognizant? 
cognizant cognitive dissonance. That, that's a one. I'll, I'll write that down <laughs> later. Remember it. You're right. We're not always the great people that we think we are. Right. Whoever we are. Well, and what I hear you talking about is what is the path to reconciliation? Mm. What's the the reparations that are necessary so we can have that healing? It's moving, and I'm you know you know I'm a psychologist, so I'm talking psych- psychology, right? But there's moving from the toxic pain mm-hmm. that we experience. It's very dirty. And it's, it transfers from generation to generation, person to person, and all the ugliness that you, all of us are aware of. And that's opposed to the clean pain where we actually talk through our difficulties and challenges and we better understand each other. And there's healing and yeah. there's forgiveness and there's, top, you know, it's saying, you know, what, I was I was messed up. And, yeah. and and that's so it's moving. So it's the different kind of conversation. It's the dirty pain versus the clean pain. And for me, that's that's why. The work I've been doing my whole life has been about creating those clean pain experiences so people feel like they feel more real, more authentic, more themselves. More able to be, to get to that spot. And it is a difficult spot for a lot of, I'll say, you know, a lot of men, a lot of people, we're stubborn. We don't want to see the bad in ourselves, right? And so not. you think about the, the shit that you've done, the way you've treated an ex, the way you, you know, were at work, You're maybe you were a work bully mm-hmm. and you don't want to think that you were mm-hmm. just assertive or you were the boss so you got mm-hmm. to say those things mm-hmm. well you could have said them nicer you, we, we take those things right these little shitty nuggets about ourselves that we know are true because we were there mm-hmm. and we just swallow them we push them yeah and they don't turn into anything good no. they turn into more shit and it is easier it's harder at first but it's easier to bring those up cut them up dissect them look at them and say all right is there Something I can do about what I've done. If not, I can, you know, can't go back and ch- look up every single person I might have been addicted to. Right. But can I look at them and be honest about them? And then moving forward, mm-hmm. really, really try hard not to do that ever again. And that's that's the key, right? Because you know, you're not going to have access to every person you yeah. may have mistreated or talked crazy to or just been wrong. But you can start today moving forward, yeah. right? That's, you can that's, have, that's that's super powerful, right? Very powerful. because we only have now. Right. We only have this this exact moment and it's really just gone We're on to the next exact moment. Right. Every moment is a new start. Every moment is, is a possibility, right? Right. It's a possibility. And it's, it's, it's from my perspective, it's learning from our past so we can move forward. It's being in the present, not you know just focusing on the past. But I think the other piece of this that we're talking about that's important is it's this, this conversation about how we've all failed it some way, mm-hmm. in some way, failed ourselves on expectations we feel to others that we love that actually is the thing that's going to bind us yes because now it's like oh 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 <laughs> you in the same fuckery that i'm in mm-hmm. <laughs> we're both in the same ship we were at the bottom of the terrible <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible and, and it's so inconsistent because i think of myself as a pretty nice guy i think i'm funny and whatever you think of yourself rarely i mean that's kind of when you think about names and no one ever gives themselves a, a, a shitty name hey what's hey fuckery hey yeah. shitty no we give ourselves nice names because we think of ourselves as in a positive sense but the truth is we're human we make mistakes we fall short of our expectations if you're religious, you fall short of your uh, what you know God expects of you, and I think the first way of trying to move towards those goals is acknowledging, you know, yeah. I've actually done these things, yeah. instead of kind of pretending like, well, yeah, I was just having a bad day. No, that was no, that was that unacceptable behavior. No, you were an asshole. And you knew what you were doing. <laughs> Don't be an asshole anymore. It is hard. I I've done a lot of introspection, and one of the biggest things I've taken away about myself that I I don't. I don't know when this happened to me. You know, I had a near-death experience this yeah, year. It was, yeah. I, uh, I'm so sorry to hear about that. Thank you. It was ugh, the projectile vomiting and then the almost dying. It was, it, but it was, it was crazy. But um, 
I think I was on the path mentally thinking about this already, but when I, when I came home and was just, you know, half dead on the couch for a couple of weeks getting better, I thought, um, <clears throat> am I the best friend that I can be to people? And I might get a little emotional here, but my best, uh, my best guy friend, uh, put his kids in the car. I was ambulanced to Houston. Mm. Uh, I was really, I was that sick and they mm. wouldn't let my friend drive me. He threw his kids in the car. His wife was sick at home on the couch, mm. but he popped his kids in the car, drove to Houston where his grandparents were, or their grandparents and was at the hospital every day for me, advocating oh, for me, beautiful. being my voice mm. because I couldn't think I wasn't there. Right. Talking to my parents, mm. talking to my brother about, I, they're asking for my will my advanced directive. Do they oh, keep wow. me on life support? And my friend mate was there for me this whole time. Mm. And I like to, you know, I just, I'll never be able to repay that ever. There won't be a day that comes up that I will mm. be that big of an influence in mm. their life. They're a married couple that have each other for that. Right. Uh, them being my best friends, I'm so grateful, but okay. I might not ever be able to do that for them, but what can I do now moving forward? And you know, what I did is I actually had a conversation with them about it. Mm. And I said, I like to think I'm a good friend, but I, I want to actively be a better friend. Mm. I want to be really there for you. And you know what? I've babysat for them three times since. <laughs> I babysat for them once before that. Wow. And it wasn't that I didn't ever say, hey, I'm always available right. and I'm so close. I don't know if they felt like that I really wanted to. Right. And I want to, right? right? I want to. I want to be a better daughter to my mom. I need to, you know, call her back within a day of missing mm. a call, you know talk to my brother and not get annoyed at him about certain things as in the past. Don't worry about it and just be a better friend yeah. because maybe that's the best thing I can do in the world. That's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> right? I mean, really I get beautiful. emotional thinking about it. And, and so if you're married or, uh, you know, in a partnership with someone, can you, can you just be a little bit better? Like, what are, are you really listening? What do they need from you? And, right. um, if maybe, you know, something good came out of the last shitty year or two for everyone with COVID or, you know, a lifetime, if you're a person of color and mm. lived with oppression and mm -hmm. racism, mm -hmm. you know, what can you do as a human to be better? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, when, when you said that, it made me think about, one of my my biggest hangups for some time was uh, the guilt and shame I felt around being divorced. I felt oh. like I had failed my ex. I had failed the kids. Uh, my kids, and and I just thought they were going to be you know irrevocable damaged, and they were going to hate me forever, right? And that was because I you know I, unfortunately my own relationships with my parents, my mother's past. I don't talk to my father. I was like I do not want to replicate that. that, right? Yeah. But I remember sitting with some friends, and this is over a series series of uh, conversations. But they're like, dude. Your kids love you so much. Oh, They're there. Worship you. This <laughs> but, you guy, know. Puppy over here. They do. They call him Puppy. It's so cute. And they, but you're, oh, you're such a good dad. Well, I, I, I work hard at it, but it comes from a place of doubt and that uncertain and going up a certain way. And so, the, but what I do to be diligent so I don't make assumptions, right? Is to have those conversations, right? With them. Like, with what, them. What do you need from me? Yeah. What do you need? Is everything good? Um, sometimes having some disagreements, but it's, it's staying the course. And I think the difference from what I received growing up was the staying course. Right. The inconsistency. Being, right. And the, the inconsistency seemed harmful and painful. Whereas they know, like we tell stories about, you know, you hear the story about the earthquake in, in Haiti where the parent was pulling bricks for a week and then finally they found their child. Right. And they asked the kid, you know, uh, did you, uh, what made you survive? Because I knew my parents were going to come for you. Oh, my God. Good. Good. Yes. <laughs> but you want your kids to know that about you. Yeah. You will raise, you will move mountains. And so and you I'm, shifted the perspective of I'm a failed 
parent father because of the marriage. Now you just the the marriage didn't work, right? right. But the the fatherhood yes. is yes. is the is the operative thing that you needed yes. to say. That's what yes. I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to focus on that. And and even in the relationship, we're still co-parents, yeah. right? You have and to so, for the rest of your life. You're tethered, whether you yes, like it or tethered. not. <laughs> and and that seeing the greatness and beauty in her, despite the failure of our that kind of relationship, mm-hmm. I still see the beauty that's in her. And, and I think that's again. Whether it's the card game or any other kind of experience, how do you see the beauty and light in every person? And mm-hmm. sometimes in this world, it makes it real easy for us to to to, to really dim that light, to really uh, shudder people because we're upset, we're angry, yeah. hurt. Yeah. Instead of seeing the light, and, and I guess from for me, that's that's a personal choice, but also it's a religious thing. It's it's a, I feel like there's a light inside of me that. I need to be reminded that's there. <laughs> but I think the way I grew up as a Christian was to say, you know, how do we see that light, not just in myself, but in others? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, we live in a society that really encourages us to, to, to be suspicious, to be suspicious good, for good reason, because <laughs> this thing called racism and mm-hmm. sexism and we see it all the time. But that doesn't have to be all our experience. I had a, had a therapist tell me once uh a great way to sort of move forward in some some issues I'd had with p- people in my past. He said, "Just generous, as- generous assumptions." Mm. I'm just going to give you those two words: generous assumptions. Mm. And it, and it, I sat and thought about that for a long time, and I still remind myself of it because, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, not not everybody presents everything that they are. Right. Or believes everything right. that they present. And so if we can have somewhat every now and then, let's just try and have some generous assumptions. Yeah. Think yeah. about, you know, what the, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. I'm not a believer myself, but, um, the do unto others thing, that's yeah. just like the best, that's the best fucking advice ever. <laughs> just thanks. You can say that from the pulpit. Hey, the best fucking advice ever. Best fucking advice ever. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> Let's not just let's not be dicks. We should start our own, you know, tradition here. Um, uh, be on top of the door. Don't be a dick. <laughs> it's actually like I think it's on my uh, like Instagram profile. Let's not be dicks. It's very simple. Very it's, simple. It's not, it's not. You think it would be so complicated, but, but yeah, a, I guess if you're if you've been a dick for so long, you don't see that you're a dick. You Your dickness just comes out, and you think that's just normal behavior. Well, and sometimes you'll see people they think they're being authentic. I'm just keeping it real, right? Oh. And I'm like. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> I, I hear you, but I think sometimes people don't see the impact it has on other people. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I remember my mom used to tell me when she was giving me whoopings, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I'm, I'm like, like, you a lie. I do not believe <laughs> the you. The devil mother. is a lie. <laughs> no, no. I feel the whelps on my body. Yes. Do you have any baby? Well, she's like, well, you know. <laughs> my arthritis, my, 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 my sciatica. <laughs> But one of the things I'm reminded of is the comment you probably have heard before was like, you never know what people are going through themselves, oh, right? their day, own pain and misery. Right. I know when my mom was whipping me, you know what she really was feeling? You know, I know this now as a parent, you're scared. Mm. You're scared that if you, you fail them, them straight, right. they're going to fly and off for the black rails. Folks, if we did, if we step out of line, can you say mega efforts? Can you say what happened in, you know, in Mississippi? I mean, we literally had to keep our children in line for fear of them dying. You and know, that's today, not just in the past. It's, it's, yeah, the talk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I think I knew about this many years ago. I've got a, a, a sort of extended uh, Afro-Caribbean family in my family. Right, right, right. We're like half Jamaican, all of us. Um, and so I think I was more aware of this growing up. But other than that, just, you know, my immediate family, white family. But it it's amazing how a lot of people don't know about the talk, the extra parenting that parents of children of color have to do um, to to just teach the kids that there are some different rules that you're going to get treated by oh, that yeah. are actually like rules on the books. Right. Let me give you one example. Give it to me you, uh, so uh, I can uh, get outraged about <laughs> something because like I'm not always hot under the collar about social justice issues anyway. Come on. Well, this whole, been a hard week for me this week. <laughs> this whole discussion about some of these celebrities who say that they don't bathe, they have bath days oh, yes, I've, for uh, the children. They only, I'm like, I'm tripping, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, this is white privilege oh. because no one, no one ever goes to them as a oh, white person says, oh. you know, you're nasty and you're dirty. Yes. But if you're a person of color, particularly in this country, if you're black or if you're Latino, there's an assumption that we're filthy. They, they, if you touch, put your toe in the water back in the day for pools, that they would close this oh, pool down, drain. clean, drain it, clean it out for that one toe in the, of a black person. In oh. And so there's still remnants of this filthiness, mm-hmm. filthy you know, foreigners, Mexicans, all it's still yeah. in our community, right? Yet here are these mostly wealthy white people who are like, well, I just, I have bath day. And I'm like, yeah, was, bath day? It was, it was Dax Shepard yes. and uh, Kristen Bell, I think, were the ones who kind of said, we don't bathe the kids every and, day. And listen, I, listen, I've smelt kids' heads. <laughs> we live in Austin, right? I drove, yes. I drove here today. 3,000 degrees every day. Yeah, here. I mean, it was only 90. I literally looked at my dashboard and I was like, look at that. It's only 90. I was like... <laughs> Whew, positively chilly. We're just so used to it being hot. Kids stink. They run around. The hair gets disgusting. They got neck cheese. Ew, they got cheese everywhere. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, boo-boo, no. Put those mm-mm. kids, and then you're going to put that dirty kid in the clean sheets. And then you want my kid to hang out with your kid yeah. with your, all that cheese situation going on. And first of all, <laughs> I don't even like cheese that much, especially if it's stinky cheese. Now, we're talking about Swiss, provolone, Ooh. maybe. It, they got it all, though. But your neck cheese, you got to put it away because I'm just, no. It's gross. And, and then for me, it's frustrating because for me, growing up, cleanliness wasn't, it was just something we just did. You know, Not even, an option. I mean, I remember sitting with my, over my grandmother's house where we sh- we shared the same uh, bath water to save money. Oh, we but did was, that growing up. We, we, but it was insistent, right, to make sure we are clean yeah. every day. So whether you were poor or not, you just did that. And so for me, it's privilege because no one ever questions your cleanliness. Yeah, I had not even thought ever. about that. No one ever thinks about it. It's just like, and so <laughs> the fact that you can even sit there and have this conversation about bath days and that's I'm just like, that's a because pr- you see yeah. the benefits, right? Because apparently I've been woken up, woken up to this. Well, but, but the whole point behind it other than laziness, I think, is that there's apparently bathing every day takes certain things oils away, and oils and bacteria that you need. I okay. can understand that. Okay, let's say that's legit. To a, di- to a degree. Let's say that's legit. And we need to make sure people just take baths every other day. Yeah. But your cleanliness is not ever going to be questioned, even if that's the standard. Right. But mine is. All the time. All the time. Probably for the rest of your life. No matter what I do. I can be the cleanest. I mean. You do smell nice today. I, mean, I did I, tell I, you I try to make sure, you know, I came over here legit. Good. But, you know, even The Rock came out. Uh, uh, I forget his, his uh, government name. But he's like, no, oh, I take. Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson. He came out. No, I take 
three baths. But it was a funny response. But at the same time, I was like, no, this is exactly what black folks feel like they have to do. It's like we have to almost overcompensate. Over, overdo it. Yeah. Like we always we always feel like we have to work twice as hard. You do. Because we do. You do. It, and it, I'm not saying we should, but we do. You're fucking exhausted. You Constantly. must be mentally and physically exhausted. And this isn't this is another point to add to people who don't understand other people's uh life right maybe mm-hmm. you maybe you don't understand your biases either you don't realize or appreciate mm-hmm. your privilege right is that you know black folk people of color in this country have always had higher diabetes rates heart mm-hmm. rate heart, mm-hmm. uh, heart disease rates right and mm-hmm. everyone's like well it's their diet look at how they look at how right. they eat Right. I saw that fried chicken and chalupas and shit. No wonder they're all <laughs> popping down they're with not heart being attacks. Responsible, right? What about the anxiety that your mum lived with on on the fucking reg? Right, every day your child leaves the house. Is he coming home? Is he coming home? If your child leaves the house and he's of color and he has special needs mm-hmm. and he just went, he was just on his way to work, right. minding his own business. Is he coming home? Right. Like I have fucking anxiety every day and it's just about myself and I'm the most selfish person I know. I've got four animals and just me. Right. That That's given me high levels of anxiety, but I haven't had to do that my entire life and worry about every person in my family. And that's what systemic racism is. And that's what uh, almost like in a cellular level, you guys look at me you guys the others that's awful isn't it you guys um but people of color live with yeah and pass it on well the truth is racism has an impact on all of us right Mm -hmm. so even if you're not directly impacted it's kind of like cigarette smoke right there's my trauma i experienced directly primarily and then there's the secondary trauma Mm, great analogy and so you know and, and i'll go back to the food thing a lot of times the reason why we have diabetes and stuff like that is because oftentimes when I speak to my family specifically, food was a simple gift that we had to give one another. Yeah. Right. So whether it was after Time church. in the kitchen together. Right? So maybe it wasn't mm. the best food and it was leftover food and it was food that was passed down to us over a number of years. But it was the one simple gift that we can give to one another. And so for me, food, you know. You you're know, still that way. That's like, I think your love language is food and cooking and enjoying food yes, with people. Right. Because it's all the secondary benefits. You sit down, you have a meal, you have a conversation, get mm. to know each mm. other. And so for a lot of black folks, that's all we may have had as a gift for one another. And so Sometimes it's just the gift that, I mean, my mother wanted to make sure, I mean, her rationale, I asked her, I said, mom, why did you put sugar on everything? Because I wanted to make sure you were, you ate well. I wanted to make sure you ate those beans. So she put sugar on beans, on rice. She put sugar in the tea. But that's because she grew up that way. Mm, Right. mm. And so she was just doing. And of course, I remember when I decided I was going to stop eating red beet and meat and and, and, uh, (laughs) pork and stuff. And I was cutting that back on sugar. My mom's like, are you saying I'm a bad mother? I'm like, no, 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 just... (laughs) The guilt. The (laughs) parental guilt. But, you know, she... she, But I I listened to her, but I had the same frustration. I'm like, am I being a good parent to my kids? Am I showing them the way? Yeah. And, you know... (laughs) The, you, you know what? You just do the best you can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes doing your best isn't enough. And let's just put that out there. Sometimes you're like, well, I just did my best. You know, your best wasn't that winning in one shit. Did you try? Really? <laughs> but exactly. But yeah. And so I think that's the dilemma all of us have is, you know, are we trying enough? Are we trying hard? Can we learn as much as we can about ourselves and other people? So yeah. even with my kids, they're older, grown. They try to tell me what to do now. 23 of and course. 21. Oh, yeah. They're the boss of you. My daughter is going to be 24 at home. I'm a little worried. This year? Yes. She's out. She's out of college. She left college. No, no. She's still got a couple semesters, okay. you know, but she 24. 
I don't know if that makes her older or me, but one it's of us is getting I don't older. know how that, you know, that's that's a weird feeling. That's your little um, girl and she's a quarter of a century. Yeah. Well, I'm half a century, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. You just turned 50 <laughs> this year, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Or was it just last, late last year? Uh, uh, early, uh, mar- back in March. Back in you know, March. You know, I'm Pisces, so. Well, right, you love swimming. <laughs> I don't know, do you? Actually, that's another thing. A swimming for black folks is such a, only, I think, I saw the numbers that said around 30% of uh, African Americans actually know how to swim well. Now, if you're like me, I'm just outside of that 30%. I can swim okay. Mm-hmm. But swimming in black folks is another trauma. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I know it. I hate it. You know, people, your listeners might say, this is just so negative. But now, welcome to my world. Well, no, I want, this is what I wanted you guys to know is that we don't know everything. All right. Well, I don't know anything. And to be exposed to the things that we don't know is good for us. It's right. the, 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 the trauma we talked about. Right. Even if it doesn't affect you. Right. To know that it affects your fellow man, your brother and your sister, your your human brother and sister, right? We're all the same. You fucking take our skin off our bones and organs. Mm-hmm. We're all the same. Um, to know is to be better every single right. day. So you got to hear the stories. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to hear it. And I'm glad you. I appreciate you saying that because it's 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 the day to day experiences. Um, I. I I love my friends, <clears throat> but they're like, hey, let's go to this place over in, in Dripping Springs. I'm like, oh, so you want to take me out to the wilderness with a bunch of the KKK? <laughs> God, and they, they think like I'm tripping, right? That's you're going. I'm like, can we you're not like, do There's that? more guns out there, right? <laughs> this is, this is, I'm just saying, I'm going to see some <laughs> Trump signs. I'm, I'm going to walk out feeling dirty. <laughs> Literally, because I'm like I've I've now been swept and showered in all this stuff that doesn't that doesn't really appeal to me. Now, are there parts of the Dripping Springs and Kill Country that I enjoy? Yes. Yeah, so who doesn't like a little wine? And yeah, a little distillery. But do know that as I go through that, I come out feeling like I'm stained mm. and I have to take a shower almost metaphorically mm. because in those spaces, I don't feel affirmed. I don't feel like I belong. You're not represented. I'm not represented. And so when I come home, it's like I turn on the TV. I go look at, you know, some, let me look at um, some black people. On some, TV. some of my culture, please. <laughs> Can I just, and let me listen to some Prince. <laughs> so think about that listeners, my, my, my lovely listeners of non of white color, uh, we we waltz around our lives every day surrounded by things that look like us, that sound like us, that act like us, that came from where we came. And and we have worries, right? We have anxiety. We have trouble being positive about ourselves. Imagine you're living in a town where you're you're represented as 9% of the population. Uh, oh, here in Austin, we are 7 to 8%. Oh, 7, excuse me, yeah. 9%. Still the, still the smallest <laughs> population for a city this size. You, yeah. I, it, it, it boggles my mind. Uh, coming, you know, I lived in London. I've lived in other big cities. Uh, I've lived in Pittsburgh. I've lived in Dallas. And it is weird to not be surrounded by more of a multicultural people. Yeah. It is bizarre to me but for other people that have just lived here in Austin all their lives and probably liberal as shit don't realize that they walk a white life every single day and for those of color they're fish out of water in their own homes they are and but the, you know when I used to work for the mayor one of the things I used to say oh, my unofficial job was to get more black people to come here and yes yes it's selfish yeah. uh, however the Why two not? things I would sell was this I said look I know you're you're a person of color right now living in a small town and you're the only black and brown person living there. Come to Austin. We have more. <laughs> there's only like 15 families, <laughs> but there's more. There's but, more here. But this, again, is why, why inclusion and diversity and why they have these, uh, you know, uh, rules for college admissions and such mm. and uh, trying yes. to increase diversity yes. is it's not just saying, oh, 
oh, there's white people feeling guilt. Let's give mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. black fella a shoe up. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. It's mm-hmm. good for everyone. It's good for us. We not, <laughs> to put it simply in my, t- my mind, we don't need to be living in our little bubbles our entire lives. Mm-hmm. We're not good citizens of the world if we're not of the world. Right. And, and, and even when I work in higher education, now in business, one of the things I, a term that I like to use is this idea of inclusive excellence. There, we have not, we have ex- historically excluded women, people of color, talent, genius for, for generations. Mm. And this is an opportunity to access those, that talent, those people, those individuals who to be part of our team. So we're excellent in all that we're doing. Instead of giving that job to that guy who you know yeah. does not deserve it, mm. who you know is below average, who is the son, the friend, the homie, whatever, the, the, the friend, your friend from college son. who's hard on his luck. When you know there's someone who's better qualified than them, yeah. and you should be hiring them instead. Yes. And so instead of m- maintaining the medi- mediocrity and telling people, well, you know, this is just a fair thing. We're just qual- we're just hiring the most qualified person. Ask yourself, you know, what, if we're going to do this differently, if we're going to really strive for inclusive excellence, I know there's talent there's and genius out there. out there that's different than what I'm used to. It's my job to go find yeah. them. And then on top of that, create a space so they feel like they want to stay. Because what they found out. And you know out, what will help with that? <laughs> Jimbe. Available now. One of many things. Hopefully. No, but it's, it's true. It goes back to sort of this whole thread of conversation we've been having as, a, as an employer, as somebody in HR, as a, the, the director of a team. And you know, you, you, you're the one doing the hiring. Mm-hmm. You might find yourself asking you answering these difficult questions like, well, why am, why am I not looking outside of that, that dude I used to work with in the other office? Well, you know, know the question is, it's difficult because you have to look at yourself and say, there's reasons why, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, but the thing that they start off with is not where you started, which is a good place to start where they started two steps before that, which is, is there any black talent? Uh, are, are, do we have oh, people who can do black do this? people like to work in this type of industry? Yeah, they are, don't. They don't do this. There's a pipeline issue. We just don't have enough women and people of color who do this, right? Wow. And so you know, because of that, we just we haven't had. We just can't find enough people. I'm like, oh, really? You mean that oh, HBCU? That, you that, deal with these people, yes, right? Yes. And try and reprogram their brains. Well, I'm like, okay. There's a school called uh, North Carolina A and T that has an engineering program. There's another one called Prairie View A and M University where I went to school with multiple engineers programs you can't you mean out of all yes. the hundreds of people who go to just those two schools yeah. you, you can't, can't find, find a black engineer there's a school down in the Rio Grande Valley that again lots of brown folks who go to school there you mean you mean all the women who I used to work with when I was at University of Texas they those people weren't qualified oh okay oh, okay Look in the mirror, a-holes. There's your answer as to why you don't have a more diverse workplace. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I honestly wish I could be a fly on the wall with some of these meetings that you have with people. That would be fantastic. Lots of meditation. You'll oh. see that. <laughs> I did mine today and I was like, please make it go away. But I, I do want to say, and what I want to say is that the, the, what keeps me doing this work is the the... The hope that I maintain, mm. I, 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 I'm around other people who feel, make me feel sustained and rejuvenated when we see the successes, when we bring, when we actually make those hard choices. Right. I've worked with organizations right here in Austin who are like, you know what? We're starting our hiring practice, our process over because we didn't find the person that we were looking for. This is not bias. This is saying we really need someone with a certain kind of a set of talents and experiences. We didn't find them because we didn't go about it the right way. We're going to reboot our process so we can find that those people, those individuals, because it's out there. Yeah. But so it's asking questions of ourselves of what do we do? Maybe not quite as well that we could do better. Mm -hmm. 
and which is kind of connected to our other con- yeah. conversation. How can we always do things better, more, uh, more mindful, uh, with a lens that helps us see things from a different perspective? The, the, the good thing is that if you know this is for the long haul, this is not something we're just going to do and check the box or we're going to do for the summer and be done. And because someone asked me, so I guess we'll do this for what, two, three, four years. I'm like, and then we'll solve the problem of race. And we'll be done. We'll be done. I'll be done. And I'm like, mm. if it was that easy, we would have done it. We've already. done it, right? right? No, I think it's. Uh, you know, you answered my question earlier. Like, are we stuck? Are we stuck with these two tribes? Are we? Do we have the ability to to be more than what we are now? And you, you give me hope for it. Well, I hope so. I mean, yeah. that's kind of my job, you know. Yeah. But I, it's a it's a genuine experience that I have. It's it's maybe that's part of my personality, but. I see the good that comes out of these situations. You see the success. You see the riches that come out. And what we know with businesses that do this well, they make literally millions of dollars more than businesses don't. Do you hear that? (laughs) Rich old white men who run businesses? Get some color in there and make make some some shit happen. The hard part is this. They're, they're, they're saying, well, I'm already making money. How are you going to help me make more money? Well, all I can say is that there's this other organization, your competitor, Oh, who I right now is behind you, mm. but in five to 10 years will be ahead of you because you're not doing what's necessary to get you ahead a of the game. You hear that? You hear that? Oh, white guys with millions of dollars. <laughs> Hire him. Uh, all right. There's, we are coming to the end of time, but yes. we're not. We're going to go and have lunch because we have one yes. to talk about. But I want to I want to put, you know, put this out there for people that this could be a really fun tool. Uh, Jembe, inspiring, inclusive connections tool for your family, for your friends, maybe for your racist old grandma. And now that you're dating that person of color and then they're, they're going to be in their life. All right. We're going to sit down with Mima, have a conversation. Cause you, you might have babies. Love. You might have some babies and mm. grandma's going to have a hard time not mm. loving on them babies. Mm. That is just unimaginable to me. Talking about that one card that just came up myths I've heard about, about not having kids are <laughs> well grandpa doesn't get mad at you unless no. she really wanted grandchildren exactly uh, where can people find this Kazike? you can go online uh, thank you for asking uh, go online to uh, jimbaydeck.com That's right. when, and just so you know jimbay is pronounced the d is silent so mm-hmm. it's d-j-e-m-b-e deck d-e-c-k yeah dot com. you can read more about the origin of the name i think it's very really special yeah, yeah. and i love that the amount of thought that you've put in this thank you so much you. for coming we're going to be posting uh all of uh kazike's social media information if you want to get in touch with him maybe you want to hire him as a consultant for your company i believe you do that as well right yeah just a little bit it's gonna be a big 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 job though all right we're not saying <laughs> no he does, does it all but and if not you can just follow him on social media learn more about yourself and try and be a nicer person Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, that was so good. That was uh, it's like breathing some fresh air, talking to people like Kazike. And uh, I'm really looking forward to playing Jembe. Check it out, Jembe. Uh, I'll give you all the information. You can find it uh, linked below. I'm also going to post some information on my Facebook page and, and uh, social media. So you'll find it all there. Uh, Kazike, what a great guy. What a great guest. And thank you for watching and paying attention and maybe learning something. I think I learned something today. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.